this is the year of the word made flesh. We have um, every week an outreach every Saturday morning targeting a, a different area and location with the love of God and just showering them with his love, his, his presence. And um, I'm so grateful for, for the work that you guys are doing, uh, for all the tribes that are um, witnessing and evangelizing and just being the arms and the body of Christ. Uh, this is going to be a spectacular year. Amen. Amen. Uh, today, I wanted to look at something. <clears throat> I wanted to look us. I want us to look at something today, that is um, common. It's a common phrase in the in the body of Christ, um, and more specifically, um, it's true. And Christ Himself is known biblically as the bread of life, and Today, I want to look at why that is. Amen. Why he's known as the bread of life. We say it quite often. We, we, today's communion Sunday. I think it's appropriate. Because we know he says it. And then we know we take communion, which is bread. And so we're like, yeah, he's, he's, he's the body. But I want us to just pause for a second and recognize that it's so much more than that. And um, I, I'm, I'm partly indignant because I feel that Christians, um, to those who are listening on the podcast, I'm giving air quotes, that Christians are in fact giving my Lord a bad reputation. I feel that there are Christians that are giving my Savior a bad reputation, that they are feeling and displaying aspects of Christ that are disingenuine to who he really is and leaves a bitter and sour taste in those that don't know him. And it bothers me because I love the Lord. I think he's amazing. He's the nicest person I've ever met. Never seen anybody like him. Never really seen him. But I can tell you that he is amazing. I don't like that there is this connotation about God that makes him resemble his enemy. And that just because they're both spiritual beings, they are not the same. He is high above every God. Every last one of the lower Elohims, he's higher than them. But somehow we as Christians start putting his, his personality trait with those of them, right? And I don't like it because he's better than them. He's greater than them. He's mightier than them. He's stronger than them. He's more loving than them. I mean, the list could go on and on, but I don't like it. Have you ever been hungry? I'm talking about showing up hungry. Like you didn't eat all day. These are first world problems. <laughs> you didn't eat all day, right? And it's now like 11 o'clock p.m. You had a full rushed and hurried day and you're that kind of hungry. But you're so tired that you don't know if you want to eat or sleep. Because running all day without any food exhausts 
the little supply of calories that you already have. So now you're struggling between should I eat or just go to bed? Now, if you're trying to lose weight, you should just go to bed. That's what I do. Just, just shut up, go to bed. You're going to lose a whole pound in the morning. You'll be so happy. Intermittent fasting. <laughs> but for the most part, I don't do that. I say, I am not going to bed hungry. I don't like it. And I don't, if I don't have to, I'm not going to do it. And thanks be to the Lord, I can cook. I can find something. I could. I could. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I could find something in my pantry to put together and satisfy my tummy. <laughs> and yours. <laughs> but I love late night eating. I know I shouldn't, but I do. It's like two of the best things ever, food and sleep. Like, boom, boom, right after one another, you know? It ain't like lunch, you know what I'm saying? Food, then go back to work, boo. <laughs> this is food and chill. Oh, ain't nothing better than that to me, especially if I'm hungry. Do you remember how you feel when you're hungry and your stomach is in your back and you get some food, right? And it is good food, okay? I'm not talking about something you just like, ah, oh, that's that a do because I can't find nothing else. I'm gonna get a handful of chips, a couple of crackers and a, and a juice, no, no. This is some type of your favorite meal, all comfort feeling with, gravy on it and some kind of buttermilk biscuit slash cornbread concoction you know and you take a bite of that first bite and you just mm. Woo, that's good because something about being hungry makes just about anything you eat taste better so now I've got three great things happening Okay, I've got food that now because of my situation is going to taste even better and I got sleep. Y'all don't want to help me today. You feel like I feel in paradise. Now, if you don't feel like this, you need to reevaluate your life. Okay, because you need too much to be happy. Bring that down. <laughs> you don't need all that. You need good food and a bed. That's it. That's all you, that's all you need right there. But I know what it feels like, and join me in remembering this, how it feels when you need to eat food and you're hungry and you take that first bite. And then you clean the whole plate. I mean, you just, you just take and just sop up everything. It is, you're, you're so full that you're like, I'm not going to do no more because I don't want to be sick. You know that feeling. And you're sitting there with your head behind your head, chilling. Feeling satisfied. Now, just a few minutes prior, you were weak, weary, and disgusted. Y'all don't want to help me today. You were frustrated and angry. You felt underappreciated, underprivileged, discouraged. And now you're sitting over here feeling good and satisfied. I feel like there are people that are giving my Lord a bad reputation. Baby, he's the bread of life when you're hungry. 
And the reason why they're giving a bad rep, I believe, is because they're trying to eat food and they already got a full tummy. You already took in some, some snacks, some Snicker bars, some Hershey's, some Cheetos, whole bunch of junk food. And so when the real plate come out, you'll be like, it's good, but it ain't all that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to use my baby Shamar. You know I was coming for you. When Shamar was staying with me, I like to cook. And I said, you know what? I got a young man in the house. It's time to cook. First night I decided to cook, I made my, my favorite, what my mother used to make for me, all right? Salisbury turkey patties covered in gravy, mashed potatoes, and peas. All right, my mashed potatoes, they not regular mashed potatoes. Number one, they come from scratch, okay? It ain't no box powder over here. It's about three different cheeses, some sour cream, a whole bunch of butter, chicken stock, garlic, roasted garlic, salt, pepper. I'm telling you, it's a meal all by itself. And I smothered these turkey patties with some Worcestershire sauce and some gravy and some mushrooms and some onions. Them peas was sweet and a little peppery, just how I like them. Y'all don't want to know them. And I plated both our plates up. I said, Shamar, come and eat. He says to me, cuz I ain't that hungry. Now, the only reason he ain't hungry is because he was in, in the pantry. Now, the pantry is full of snacks, because I'm a snacker. It's full of snacks in there. So he tells me he ain't hungry. I'm like, oh, it's okay. I'll just, just put this away. It's no problem. Feeling like crunchy. Got to pick my face up off the countertop. Like, oh, well, at least I. I made it my favorite meal for me. The next morning, uh, late that night, Hezekiah decided to at least get some mashed potatoes for me. He was like, cuz I'll eat these mashed potatoes, they's good. And I was like, thank you, son, thank you. So one thing, right after that, I knew, Shamar is not a home-cooked meal person. Shh. I said, fret not, I won't be doing that again. If I don't feel like cooking, I'm not cooking. And I did not feel like it was late. So I'm not cooking. So we go weeks and weeks and weeks, I'm not cooking. He hears from other people, oh, pastor, can throw down. I ain't cooking. I decided to make a meal. He finally ate it. He said, mm. Everybody said, oh, pastor, this is so good. He was like, yeah, it's good. And he gave me a hug. And they was like, bruh. Do you know how good this is? He was like, I said it was good. Again, I got to pick my face up off the table, you know. Like, oh, maybe everybody just be hyping me up for no reason, you know. And the family will tell you it's all right because, you know, okay. Golly, people be lying to me. So this went on for a while, a couple of months. And there are times I'd say, Shamar, what you want? I said, I made some dinner. Do you want some of this? He said, no, because I'll just have pizza. Fret not, I'll order you pizza. And I tell him every time, I mean, he ordered pizza a lot when I was cooking. And I said, Shamar, one day, you're going to miss this food. Everybody else in the kitchen, mmm, pastor, this is so good. Mm, I done baked cakes, carrot cakes, tres leche, pies. You understand? I'm not a sweets person, cuz I'm not a sweets person. 
I was like, it's fine, it's cool, it's cool. Now, Shamar has moved out of my house. And he's now being a grown man on his own with some help of some other grown men, amen? amen. And, uh, and now he comes to the house because you cook something? Excuse me? Cuz, will you cook something? Absolutely. What you cook? Oh, cuz, this is so good. Mmm, this is so good. It's the same food from the same kitchen, from the same hand. But now you done got hungry and you realize what good is and what ain't good. You thought you knew good. Somebody out here trying to compare my cooking to Pizza Hut. Comparing my God to these little gods. They ain't the same, baby. They ain't the same. Pizza Hut don't put love in they sauce. Everything I cook got a whole bunch of love in it. You know why? Because food is something when you make it for somebody, they eat it. They get everything they need from that food as they take it with them. I mean, it's, it's, it's supplying energy to your life as you take it with you. Y'all don't want to help me. I can see if it just supply energy for you to do for me. But no, 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 baby. This is just for you. And you get to take it with you. And you get to do everything you need to do for you with something I made from my own hands. When I'm stirring pots, like, mm, they gonna like this. Oh, this, oh, this is gonna be busting. Oh, they gonna, oh, they gonna like this. And I can judge how well they like it based off of how much leftover I have, which is none. Ever in the history of man have ever had leftovers that I did not fight for. Pastor, you gonna eat that last piece? Yes, I'm gonna eat the last piece of chicken tomorrow. They come tomorrow. You ain't even eat it. Fine, eat it. There's a bad reputation of my Lord and Savior. And it's because people are trying him out that ain't even hungry. They can't appreciate good food because they done got snacks in the belly. They got a little bit of love affair going on. Got a little money in their pocket. Got a little car with some wheels on it. So they be like, oh, the church is all right. You ain't hungry enough. You ain't hungry. But when you find somebody that is hungry for God, somebody say, I'm just so, is this for me, Lord? Is this blood for me? Is this body for me? Is it for me? And he can say, it's just for you. I had you on the palm of my hand as they pierced them to the cross. Baby, I had you at the front of my mind as they whipped me all night long. For people that ain't never been loved right, this is amazing. Not only that, if I can look at myself and say, I've been a horrible human being. Coming to your house all scraggly looking, ain't shaved for men, ain't brushed your hair for girls, clothes all raggedy and wrinkled, shoes dirty, and have the audacity to wear them in the house. Nevertheless, and you prepared a meal for me, knowing my condition. 
it wasn't like my condition caught you by surprise. You invited me knowing that I was in them streets. Come on now. You invited me knowing that I got some unfinished business. You invited me knowing that everything ain't worked out. Y'all don't want to help me. And you said, come on, sit at my table. Put your feet under my table. And now you in here feeling like a king. If you at my house, you're going to take them dirty shoes off. You're going to wash your hands. Wash your face. If you need a shower, there's a shower. There's an extra set of pajamas. Put them on. Get comfortable. Here's some socks and slippers. Let's eat. In that order. Whatever you need to do to feel more comfortable here, that's how we're going to eat. I ain't going to make you sit here dirty. I ain't going to make you sit here unclean. Come on, y'all don't want to help me. So even though the food is good, you, you can't concentrate because you're, you're so self-conscious. Even though the mercy is good, you can't concentrate because you're so guilty. Even though the word is good, you can't concentrate. Because all you can, oh, no, let me wash all of that. Y'all don't want I am preaching. People coming to this house ain't hungry. It ain't nothing I could do. If you already been snacking on crap, ain't nothing I could do to make you feel what it feels like to be utterly satisfied in a good way. We just have to wait for that snack to run out. We got to wait for that job. Hello? That you esteemed over the house of God to run out. Y'all don't want to help me today. We got to wait for that relationship that you knew one right. Y'all don't want to help me to run out. We got to wait for that money, that good income tax refund to run out. Y'all don't want to help me today. And then maybe you might be hungry enough to eat. The Lord fills empty cups. Not partially full ones. You got to empty out for him to fill you. So you'll know how good it really is. He fills empty plates. Most times we have a rule in the house. Finish your food, all of it, then go get more. Right? right? Well, the men was at us last night working on the fence. And uh, the food was so good. Cody said, uh, can I go ahead and get some extra that, whatever that is right there, right now? It was like, no, you can't do that. I was like, go ahead. <laughs> People that normally eat at the house was like, oh, oh, you let him, he already had food on the plate. So they looking at me like, oh, how could you? You ain't never let us do that. You always being nice to the men, say the ladies. And I was like, go ahead, baby. Go ahead. He want to make sure there's some left because he had seconds in mind y'all don't know what i'm talking about do you know how good something has to be that even while you're eating it you're thinking about how you're gonna want to eat it again later y'all don't want to help me today can i get a little bit extra just for later i know this is good right now but it's so good can i have y'all i don't mean to be rude pastor i don't mean to overstep my bounds but can i take something home with me that's somebody that knows something was mm, 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 good. And they willing to look greedy. And I don't like nothing better. I like it when people, oh, mm, that's good. Mm, You're going to eat that last piece right there? I'm like, yes. Get into it. I love it when men do this. 
That's how Stefan eat. I wish somebody would bring their hands over here. Guard that plate like this is the last meal I'm ever going to eat. I'm like, you better get into it. it. His passion about eating matches my passion while I was cooking. Y'all don't want to help me today. The Lord's passion on the cross needs to match your passion while you're living. Y'all don't want to help me today. If he died like that, then you need to live like that. I am preaching the gospel to you today. I ain't got much time. What's, what's my time? All right. Go to John. John chapter 6. John chapter 6, somewhere around verse 22, Jesus gives a ton of conversation about how he's the bread of life. Somewhere around the 22nd verse, he begins his sermon comparing himself to the bread of life. He says that the people that are following him are following him not because of the signs that they saw, but because of the loaves of bread that they ate. The two fish and five loaves of bread. He says, you're not following me because of the signs, you're following me because you ate the bread. Now to me, I'm thinking, but the sign was the bread. Because you fed a multitude with two fish and five loaves of bread. The, the sign was the bread. He's not talking about physical bread. He said, you're following me because you ate of the bread of life. And it's good. Hello? Now, this is problematic because when he says he's the bread of life, he's saying, whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. <sighs> That's a tall order. But he can say it. Because when there was nothing left, he made something and you were satisfied. Yeah. See, see, he ain't just talking talk. You understand what I'm saying? He says what he's going to do because he just did it. Yeah, yeah. So now you're inclined to believe it because you just ate it. Y'all don't want to help me today. But for some reason, that does not register when we're hungry. If we're not careful, we'll be hungry and wonder if he will feed us. Y'all don't want to help me today. Sometimes we're thirsty or we'll wonder if he will give us some drink. And so now we work ourselves into a tizzy about the goodness of God and, and what we've done wrong and, and how many things we've done wrong. And is this punishment or correction? And, and now we're so inundated with trying to figure out why, we're, why we are hungry that we can't even look forward to the idea that we will be fed. Hello? So he goes on to say, I'm the bread of life. Just like the, Moses, the man that came down from heaven and rested on the plants that y'all ate every morning. That's me. The Pharisees and Sadducees was like, uh-uh. Oh, no, you didn't. You cannot compare yourself to that. He said, I am. And they said, but ain't you Joseph's son? Ain't this the boy? That was Joseph. How are you going to be divine when we saw you born? This is tough. You said you came from God, but we know you came from Mary's. So, uh, if de facto, chill with all that I'm God stuff. 
You can't say that. But he continues to say, my father sent me. I am him. He is me. He is in me. I do the works of my father. And truly, if you would believe this, you'd have eternal life. He goes on. He just at 50, verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. I mean, he just keeps repeating it. In verse 52, the B clause, it says, and the bread that I will give for the life, uh, the bread and the bread that I give, that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews got mad again, disputed among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Yuck. Kind of sick cannibalistic thing is he doing? I knew he was up to something. Oh, I'm, add, I'm adding more to the story. <laughs> I knew he had a, a game, some kind of gimmick. Now he wanted just everybody eat his body. See, that's just disgusting. That's what happens when people are too nice to you. Running around doing all these miracles, tricking everybody, and now eat my, eat my flesh. See, I knew it. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. Okay, let's just stop. This speech, it's, I'm only giving you the highlights, but it's the same stuff. He repeats the same stuff over and over and over again, in different ways, same stuff. It is troubling to me. Hello? Because later we find that people leave him. Multitudes, many people left Jesus because he kept saying that they're going to have to eat his flesh. Now, if I was one of the disciples that was close to Jesus, like Simon Peter, all right, I would be like, Jesus, it's nay on to eat your flesh, all right? It is not winning them over. I'm out here in the congregation. I'm telling you, there's a lot of complaining about this. They're not really sure what you mean about this. You sound crazy. All right, Jesus. You sound real crazy. And they, 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 I don't know what the plan is. I don't know what you're doing with this flesh stuff, but it is not winning people. When I hear it myself for years, I've been trying to figure out why bread and wine as communion outside of the fact that he said, I am the bread of life. I'm like, what? I was like, maybe that's all they had for supper. But they had lamb. It would seem to me that they would eat the lamb since he was the lamb. Communion with the lamb. They didn't eat the lamb. They ate bread. A couple things to note about bread. It's edible. Bread comes from seeds. Yes? Yes? It's ground seeds grain is a seed you don't grind it up and plant it it becomes more wheat yes and you grind it and you add fire to it and now a little bit of water or whatever now it's it's bread ground seeds and water and fire make bread y'all don't want to help me today ground seeds come on help me huh and water come on and a little fire makes bread I thought that's interesting because in the garden of Eden we were we were presented with another thing to eat Adam and Eve were presented with eating the fruit of the knowledge of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil okay that what they were eating wasn't bread it was fruit all right so they ate the harvest of the tree right that had the seed in it the fruit has the seed in it 
And then he says, and every seed produces after its own kind. So you ate the seed without any fire. Y'all don't want to help me. Without any pressure, without any grinding, without any water added to it, and without being burned, you ate it. You put it in an environment where it can now grow, which is your heart. Yes? And so now that seed is producing in your life the knowledge of good and evil and sin and disobedience and it carries on through generations till today. But Jesus said, I'm the bread. And I was like, mm, stop telling people. And when everybody leaves, he says, well, y'all gonna leave me too? <gasps> when I hear my savior tell his disciples, are y'all gonna leave me too? I feel his pain. I'm like, oh, that hurt, didn't it? Like everybody was with you until you said something they didn't like. Till you did something they didn't like. Hello, somebody. Till you moved in a way that they didn't understand. Y'all don't want to help me today. Then everybody's with you until that point. And I kept saying to myself, Jesus, why don't you just make it plain? Why don't you just say, not literally my flesh, but I'm going to have some bread and it's going to be symbolic. Why don't you make it plain so people will stay? Because if you can see it, it's not faith. And the truth here that I've come to learn about humans, when Peter said, where are we going to go? He said, are you want to leave me too? He said, who are we going to go to? Who are we going to go to? You are the son of God. You're the son of man. Who, who are we going to go to? He knew that even though he didn't understand this, and I assure you, he didn't. He still, he did not forget who Jesus was. Huh? Now, I don't understand this. I may not like this but I still know who you are and I'm not prepared to leave you knowing who you are over something that I don't understand. Y'all don't want to help me today. So he said, you could just, I thought you could just tell him it's bread. It's like real bread and wine. It's not really my flesh. It's a, it's a, it's a metaphor. <laughs> it's symbolic, but he doesn't tell him. He lets them leave. And I've learned as a pastor, when people complain about something you've done, that they don't understand, that they don't like, that they don't appreciate, that they don't, you know, and they want to leave, they wanted to leave anyway. Y'all don't want to help me today. You already wanted to go. You were not that in in the first place because if I can preach the truth of God and it's been changing your life week after week after week by the power of the spirit of God and then I say or do something that you don't understand and you want to leave, you wanted to leave anyway. You were only here for what it brings to your life. And as soon as it stopped bringing something to you, so you think you're out. I can't be caught up with a, a, a man and say he want to eat, eat his flesh. If I eat his flesh, that's cannibalism. What would people think? I can't be at a church where a pastor yell at people. She's supposed to be quiet, unassuming, delicate. She is a beast. If you come to her hot, she responds with heat. Uh-uh. She's supposed to be like Jesus, meek and mild. Not that Jesus turning over tables and whipping folk. No, not him. Not that one. Not that one. Don't be that Jesus. Be, be the other one that we like. The one we could process. 
And the one that your wrath and your anger was displayed, we just read over like that, that didn't even happen. Hello? So when people say, Pastor, I can't, because something you said and something you yelled, I heard you. You didn't yell at me, but you yelled at somebody else. What? I didn't yell at you. No. You know why I didn't yell at you? Why? Because you don't like people yelling at you. Since I know that about you, I'm not yelling at you. Hello? But if you are one that yells with a high tone at me, then I'm assuming you can handle a little bit of volume. There's nobody in this house that does not yell at me that I have yelled at. If it is, raise your hand. Prove me to be a lie. Because it doesn't happen. That's unnecessary. But for some, it is necessary. <laughs> everybody ain't the same, people. I, and everybody, I know you would think everybody just like me. No, they are not. Everybody thinks just like me. No, they are not. Everybody responds just the way I respond. No, they are not. Everybody really has a good heart like me. No, they don't. Okay, that is not my point. Let me move on. <laughs> Jesus said, whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. If they eat this bread, I will raise him up in the last day. After this, many disciples left him. Verse 62 says, then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It's like, do you take offense at what I'm saying? If you see me come from here and ascend to heaven where I was, would you then believe that my body could give you life? What's so hard to, to grasp about this? What is difficult to understand that my body will cause you to live eternally? Because Jesus, eating your body got to be a sin, okay? I just, I don't know. I ain't really that fluent in, in the law, but I think cannibalism might be in there, okay? I don't, I don't, I think it's thou shalt not eat thy brethren. I don't, uh, Psalms, some, 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 some. When he turned back, Peter said, answered him, Lord, Jesus said, well, do you want to go as well? As well? Where are we going to go? Who, he says, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. It's like, I don't know what this means. But I know your words are giving me an understanding of eternal life. Your words literally are eternal life. And I cannot process this bread thing fully. But your words, I know have eternity in them. Because I can hear them and think of heaven. I can hear them and think of the Father. I can hear them and think of angels. And, and I, can, I just know that there was purpose and destiny for me beyond this place. And that comes from your mouth. Hello? Mm-hmm. And so he says, well, good. Because I chose you. And even the one that's going to betray me, which is Judas, I chose him too. So I'm glad you guys are going to stay with me. <laughs> that was the whole speech. So chapter six, he goes on that says, the highlights is the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Peter agrees, your words are eternal life. 
He says, if you don't have this bread, you have no life. I love this verse 53. It says, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Verse 62 and 63 says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. He's trying to give them this concept that you think your life is coming from the food that you're eating, but the food that you're eating is only feeding your flesh, which is still dying. Your spirit is the part that is not going to die. Hello? Let's you see. You see, y'all said yes, but I don't think you really processed this fully. Your body without your spirit can do nothing. Nothing. Right? But your spirit without your body can still do some stuff. Y'all don't want to help me today. Y'all don't want to help me today. Y'all don't, y'all not trying to, you're not trying to pick up what I'm putting down. Okay, I'm gonna do it again. All right? Your flesh is no help at all, Jesus says. All right? It ain't that bread. Because that bread is just going to your flesh and it don't help us at all. All right? Because your flesh without your spirit can do nothing. It's, it's, a, it's a vegetable state. There's nothing in there. Just, just, we're just pumping blood, if that much, right? Nothing. But your spirit, without your flesh, will live somewhere, heaven or hell. So what he's trying to get us to see is that you think you need bread to live. When it is obvious that the thing that is living is your spirit and not your flesh. Y'all don't want to help me today. The source of your life, it is clear, man, that that source is your spirit and not your flesh. So why are you feeding your flesh like that is going to keep your spirit alive? Your flesh ain't going to keep your spirit alive. You need spiritual food for a spiritual being. In fact, your flesh is depending upon the move of your spirit. Without your spirit, it can't get food. Without your spirit, it can't get water. Without your spirit, it can't go to work. Without your spirit, it can't breathe. Your spirit is the one controlling your flesh and animating your body. It's not the other way around. Sit, 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 sit. Your flesh is not keeping you alive. You are keeping your flesh temporarily alive. This is why fasting is important. This is why scriptures say die daily. Prove to yourself. Y'all don't want to help me today. That it's not the temporary things that please your flesh that is a necessity for life. Y'all don't want to help me. He, Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. It's not by bread. Hello? That man, not by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Proving my spirit being empowered by God himself in this body is keeping this body alive. But do understand this body and the food that I'm eating is not keeping my spirit alive. 
And if your spirit is not in the hands of God, you're already dead. You're dead on sight. You're just exhaling the last bits of his spirit left. Because you're feeding your body more than your spirit. You're trying to make sure the flesh has what it needs and craves. He says, don't even give your flesh what it needs and find with me, you will still be alive. Do you hear the Lord on that? Your spirit is what's keeping your flesh alive. You can stop eating from now till Jesus come back. If the Lord say you're going to live, you're going to That's it. That's done. You want to walk on water? Do y'all guys say walk on water? You're going to walk on water. It has, it has nothing to do with the fact that your body is more dense than the water. Because your spirit animates your body. And if your spirit is doing what God says and is yielded to the spirit of the Lord, then it matters not that water is not supposed to hold your body. You got this whole thing twisted. Your body is a tool. It's an apparatus that is designed to assist in transforming the will of God on this creation. But it is not your life. Your body is not you. It's just how we get to identify you. In case we got confused. Make sense? So he goes on to say, yep, 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 yep. I'm the bread of life. And people are not happy about this. Right? I don't like this. But if you knew, Jesus, if you knew the whole truth, then, then you would understand why I'm the bread of life. And I said, well, what is the truth about this? Let's go to uh, Matthew. Matthew chapter 11. When you're there, say amen. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. I love this verse. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As a kid, I had to know this scripture when I was in elementary school because I was in the children's choir. And the choir director told me, Flavor, you need to sing the solo to this song. Um, ma'am, ma'am, some people are designed to be in the choir and some people are designed to be in the front. I'm designed to be in the choir. She said, no, this solo is for you. I don't want the solo. She said, come on, you can do it. You walk up to the piano, ding, 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 and you're trying to read the song, you know. I don't really know music that well at this age, but I know if the dots go up, you go up. And so, <laughs> so I just try to, you know, fumble along. And she says, very good, go home and practice. Very good, that was horrible. 
So I go to my mom, I'm like, mom, I got a solo in the children's choir. Oh, that's great, baby. Oh. I said, mom, I can't do it. The, the note's too high. She'd be like, ding, easy. I'd be like, and she's not going to work, mommy. She's like, we're going to practice it. We practice this solo day after day after day after day. Some days I hit that note, some days I don't. Then here comes youth day. I'm in my black skirt, my white shirt. Got my little braids in my hair. And I'm sitting in the choir saying, and I hear the intro to my song. Instantly fear, just woof. That's my song. They're like, Taliba, Taliba. I know it's my song. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Going down the steps, grab the mic. I put my words on, down on the, on the thing. So, I, And at this point, I am, they start the song. And I'm singing along, but I know that easy, high note, yoke is easy. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. That note is coming up and I just see it down at the bottom of the page like, Ooh. I'm singing the rest, but oh, it's about to go south next. It's, now at this point, tears are streaming down my face and they blur the words to the song. Now I can't see the words because of the tears blurring the ink. And I'm like, I just want to sit down. I want to sit down so bad. And so I get to my, my high note and I mess that thing up. Oh, it was horrible. It was tragic. And I just sat there looking at my little teary paper like, I don't even want to put my head up. And all of it I said and I hear, that's my baby! Everybody start clapping, my mama clapping, my daddy clapping. Yay! I'm like, y'all is crazy. This was horrible. I don't ever want to do that again. And I did not. I have a story for this verse. Because I knew it was something great. But I didn't know how great it was. Jesus is telling people, if you've been working so hard, just to stay alive, y'all. He said, if you, because labor is for sustenance, you understand? So he says, come to me, all those who labor and are heavy laden. Like you've got a lot of work, not a little. You got to work all the time and it's very hard. He said, you are the one I want to come to me. He says, now put my yoke on you. What? Now, Ninja, you still gonna have to work. The yoke is designed to train the ox where to go. So he says, learn from me. I'm going to put this yoke on you. No, 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 no. It's not as heavy as the one you had before. But it is still a necessity so that you might learn. Y'all don't want to help me today. See, I got to put the yoke on you so you'll learn my ways. But I promise you, it's lighter than the one you had before. And it's not uncomfortable. It's not going to be pinching you and, and tearing up your flesh. It's real light and easy. He said, I promise you, because, because I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a patient and compassionate man. I'm loving and I'm caring. You just got to trust me. I, I really care about people. 
And I know you, you, you're skittish about yokes and you're skittish about, you know, being in groups of people and you're skittish about having a, people with authority over you and you're skittish about giving your life fully and, and you're skittish about listening to somebody and, and you're skittish about trusting everything you see and trusting what you hear and, and you're just so skittish from being with your old taskmaster. But he says, just, I promise you, my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. I'm lowly of heart. I'm humble. I'm not going to put too much on you. That's not what I'm about. Just enough for you to learn my ways. Just enough. Hello? Mm. What's easy? That depends on you. You can't judge the weight I put on Janiah and say she better not put that kind of weight on me. I don't plan on it. I take Gabrielle through Hades in front of everybody. What does it do? Make everybody afraid to be a minister. I can't do that. The pastor, she be, she be giving it to them. Exactly. You can't. I wasn't asking for you to. What is heavy to you may not be heavy to somebody else. What's heavy to Stefan is, is heavy to me. Okay, that's not the point. What is... What is <laughs> What is heavy to me is not heavy to Stefan, right? What is difficult for me is not difficult for Andre. That's just a fact. I saw them out there digging holes. We tried to dig them holes, them same holes. It was like this much in the dirt. That's why the fence was falling down, because we that's good enough. Just hammer it down. I don't know. They was in there, just buckets of dirt. Just, what the world? Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Can't do it. So Jesus says, I want you to learn from me, and I promise you, you'll have rest for your soul. You'll feel like, this is good. I'm eating, because if you're on my yoke, I'm going to feed you, right? I'm going to feed you. Hello, somebody. You come work at my house, oh, you're going to eat. Especially if you don't work I can't do. You tell me what you want. What you want me to cook? You got it. Say less, right? <laughs> He goes on to say, at that time, this is key, verse 12, chapter 12, verse 1. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This story in this speech continues with Christ because it says at that time. Even though it's chapter 12, ignore that and go with the words that keep the story flowing. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. The what fields? The what fields? That's where you get bread. Okay. And his disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck the heads of grain to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath. And he said to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God and ate the bread of presence, which it was not lawful for him to eat for those who were with him, uh, but only for the priests. Have you not read it in the law on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple, that they profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. 
Don't you, do you know what David did? I was like, not really. Let's go back and look at it. Let's go to, <laughs> go to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 21. When you're there, say amen. When you're almost there, just say amen. Skip down to verse 3. <laughs> now, when, now then, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread. How many? Lo five. Five fish, two loaves of bread. Give me five loaves of bread or whatever is here. And the priest answered David, I have no common bread on hand, but there is, there is holy bread. If the young men, the soldiers, the warriors that are with you have kept themselves from Man of God, you're hungry, not because the Lord is not merciful. You're hungry because you can't let go of the women. He says that the young men have kept themselves, have kept themselves in women. And Dan, David answered, yeah, truly, women have been kept from us as always. When I go on an expedition, right, the vessels of the young men are holy even when it is an ordinary journey. Even when things are regular, even when things is just going good, even when you don't feel the presence of God so mightily the last time. You understand, y'all know what I'm talking about. When you come into duress and then you feel the power of God and the presence of God, you're like, oh my God, he's wonderful. And then it gets real ordinary and regular. He says, they stayed holy even on ordinary journeys. See, it's one thing to know you got to be holy when you're going through something. It's one thing to know you got to be holy when you're trying to get deliverance. It's one thing to know you got you to be holy when you need a job. got to be holy when you need some money. got to be holy when you need your case moved. You, it's one thing to know you got to be holy on those difficult journeys. But you can only be a warrior of God if you can stay holy on the ordinary journeys. tell you something about loving on the opposite sex it'll trick you absolutely love on the opposite sex will trick you it will make you think that everything you need is in that relationship you need companionship is there you need somebody to ride with you, it's there. You need somebody to help you get some money, get some pockets, get your bag, get your house, it's there. You need somebody to just laugh with, it's there. Loving on human beings will make you feel that everything you need is right there between the two of you. Anybody understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Huh? If I just had a man, if I just had somebody to help me with these kids, if I just had some, you know, it'll make you feel like everything you need is right between the two of you. All you got to do is work everything out, and then you'll start walking in the abundance of that. Um, everything I listed is for the flesh. Everything that I listed is everything that that human being can bring to your life is for the flesh. And you can't eat fleshly stuff and expect it to fix spiritual problems. So while they are good to walk with on earth, 
they do not yield anything for your spirit. Y'all don't want to help me today. I don't care. It's my soulmate. No, that's your flesh mate. It's going to continue to be your flesh mate because the only soulmate you should have is the father. The only person that should be feeding your soul is him. The only person capable is him. Everybody else just repeats what he already said. Displays what he already showed you. Manifests what you already seen him do in your life. That's it. They ain't coming up with nothing new. Girl, I ain't never felt this way before. You need to get saved. If you tell me you with this dude that you never felt like this before, you know, you need to get saved. Some of y'all is addicted to same sex because they made you feel something you never felt before. That don't mean it's right with your silly self. And all that love you think you have, just like heterosexuals, ain't nothing but flesh. It's not to say that there's not companionship and union and love between the two, but that is not going to satisfy your soul. That makes the journey fun and easy together. But do believe it's till death do we part. This matrimony is temporary. It's temporary. I'm just picking who I like to do life with. But it's not your requirement to feed my soul and spirit. I'm trying to help somebody today. So if you ain't felt that with God and experienced that with God, if you're not on a consistent diet of this bread from heaven, you are always going to be led by some earthly bread somebody's telling you they could give you. Oh, she's just making it feel like everything, everything going to be all right when I'm with her. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. We're real good at that. Nope. Everything ain't going to be all right with us. As a matter of fact, it might be even worse with us. You don't know Ricky Bobby. She is crazy. Hello? So the story goes on. The, 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 the priest gives David and his men bread. Now, David told the priest that he was on a mission from Saul, a covert operation, and he had to come in a hurry, but he couldn't tell anybody. Okay, David was really running from Saul, who was trying to kill him. Hello? Yeah. That's a lie. Did you, did you hear what I said? David lied to the priest in order to get bread, bread that according to the law, he wasn't supposed to eat. Jesus that we just read quoted about how David did this and acted like it was cool. I I don't understand this. You know, no, no, no. The, the, The God I know, you can't do nothing wrong and expect something good. That's the God I know. You can't make no kind of mistakes and expect him to fool up with you. The God I know, you can't be a little off and expect a blessing from God. No, no, no. You got to be straight up on the nose all the time. Dot your T's and cross your eyes. You know, you figure out how to cross that eye. So Jesus referenced David because the Jews revered David. And even God said he was a good king. And we know David was a horrible individual. If we had to judge his actions. But he had something in himself 
And we could tell by the book of Psalms that he ate of that living bread. David got that manna every day. Y'all don't want to help me. Oh, he's chasing me. I need some manna, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. I'm going to write a song about it. Here we go. Any, any problem, ordinary or extravagant, David was at the face of God. Whether he made the mess or somebody else was making the mess, he was at the face of God. No matter how many times he messed up, screwed up, got it wrong, David never missed an opportunity to be at the face of God. So much so that God said, he's a man that is after my heart. He said, forget what you think he's done wrong. He's a man that is after my heart. Hello? It's like you got a best friend, and everybody's talking about how you, I wouldn't let my best friend talk to me like that. I wouldn't let my husband talk to me like that. Shut up. They always trying to figure out a way to please me. Always trying to figure out a way to know me. They might make mistakes. That ain't none of your business, because at the core, come on, somebody. At the core, y'all don't want to help me. So God says, at his core, he's always trying to get to know who I am. Don't worry about what he does wrong. Don't worry about the grain he's eating. Don't worry about the lies he's telling. That's our business. That's our business, Sid. So the, the priest gave him. The holy bread. And that makes sense. Because if you're best friends with God and the bread is his, if he say it's all right for you to have it, hello, if he say, Cody, it's all right, go ahead and get you some more, it's, then, then nobody else can say nothing. And even though I say it's not fair, I'm not trying to be fair. I'm trying to be merciful. Y'all don't want to help me today. I'm not trying to be fair. I'm trying to be kind. I'm not trying to be fair. I'm trying to be generous. I'm not trying to be fair. I'm trying to be loving. You so selfish that can't nobody be nice to anybody unless it's you. And if somebody is nice to someone else and you didn't get that niceness, you feel slighted. Rather than just celebrating that they received it. And you still ain't wanting for nothing. You ain't wanting for nothing. Hello? You worry about your relationship with God. Hello, you need to worry about your relationship with God. Pastor, how many, how come you don't tell him to sit down? How come you don't fuss at them like you fuss at me? You see, he done made so many mistakes. You see, she done made so many mistakes. How come you don't say nothing? How come you don't do nothing? When I do something, you come and tell me. When I say something, you come and correct me. Why you ain't say nothing? That's not fair. I'm not trying to be fair. I'm trying to be merciful kind understanding patient and that's unique to that individual my patient but you already ran out <laughs> you done already ate all that up bro <laughs> so you took the bread it's the bread of his presence. That was the showbread. The showbread was 12 loaves of bread put in two stacks, right? I'm going to skip to Leviticus, uh, but it's in Leviticus chapter 24, all right? 
Um, but it was a, the show bread was a covenant bread in the temple. It was in the holy place. And it was a covenant for the children of Israel. Y'all don't want to help me today. The bread in the temple was put 12 loaves in two stacks. It was a covenant for the people. All right. It was a promise that God was making with them. All right. A promise of him being present in their lives. Present in the nation of Israel. Right. It was the bread of presence now these two stacks six and six of loaves of bread one was for the people really the priests but representing the nation of israel the other stack they put frankincense on top y'all don't want to help me today according to the book of leviticus they put frankincense on top of the second the second loaf all right and the second stack of loaves the second stack of loaves they put frankincense he said because that's unto the lord Right? That's unto the Lord. Right? So they put the frankincense on it. Then they would take the frankincense off and burn it as a sweet smelling savior. You don't want to, as a sweet smelling aroma to the Father. But they left the bread. Y'all don't want to help me today. They didn't burn the bread that belonged to the Lord. They put the frankincense on the bread. And then they took the frankincense and they offered the frankincense as a sacrifice. But the bread stayed on the table. It was, a lo- it was a six stacks of bread that was for God. Everything for him, they burned. But this, they let it remain. And the priests ate both stacks. They ate the whole loaves of bread. And the only thing that got burnt was the frankincense that they took on top of the top. But the bread stayed, stayed alive not burnt, not consumed by the fire. And the priest ate it in the presence of God as a promise that I'll always be with you and you'll always be with me. Now, in my mind, frankincense was like rosemary. You know, like two stacks of bread, put a little rosemary sprig on top, boom, that's that frankincense for the Lord. Mm, Take them sprigs off, put them in the fire. Incense burning. Anybody else think like that? That is not what that was. (laughs) Not at all. Frankincense is a tree resin. Frankincense is a tree resin. That's like syrup. Maple syrup is a tree resin. Okay. Wait, let me get everybody else. Frankincense is a tree resin. It comes from this tree name that starts with a B, but it is prominent in Ethiopia, South Africa, and one more, but I forgot the name of it. All right, but it's the upper north, uh, north east part of the continent of Africa. All right, that's what a tree is. It's a certain tree, but when you score the tree, the resin comes out, and as it comes out, it forms teardrop shapes of frankincense and you go and you scrape off these little teardrop pellets and that's what you burn or that's what you put on the bread did you hear the words that I used you score the tree and he was scourged 
for our iniquity. You score the tree. Y'all don't want to help me. You score the tree of life. And from that come tears of resin that is offered as a sacrifice unto the Lord. But the body and the bread is yours. So on the last day, when I take my body back, I'm taking my body back from your belly. And I don't mean your physical belly. I mean the bread that I put in you, the bread that's been powering in you, the bread that's been causing you to die daily, the bread that's been calling you to walk in the journeys of God, to stay free from women, to stay free from men. I'm taking that body back. Y'all don't want to help me today. God had mercy on David when he was hungry, tired and weary, running from his enemy. Jesus had mercy on his disciples when they were following him and weary and hungry. And they plucked grain and ate it. He says, what I desire more than anything is to give mercy. What? See, you're confusing me, says the Lord, with these other gods. They desire sacrifice. They need you to give of yourself over and over and over because that's the only way that they can control what you do. Y'all don't want to help me today. You're going to have to sacrifice this to this idol, sacrifice that to this idol, give this to him, give that to her, give this to all these little gods, and they're going to keep requesting that from you because if you want money, then you better do this. And if you want love, then you better act like this. And if you want somebody to talk to you, then you better act like this. They're asking you to keep giving of yourself over and over with promises that they'll give you something that satisfies your soul the only thing they can give you what satisfies your flesh and you eat it and you're still hungry so you sacrifice more of yourself towards it more overtime double time triple time just anything I need just more 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 and you just keep giving of yourself and now you're weary and heavy laden and you know you want rest so he says come you're confusing me with these other gods I don't want your sacrifice I am so says the Lord lowly of heart kind that I want us to walk together and if you're hungry and you see anything in my house that you want, even though I had a rule that that was just for me, if you see it in my house, you can have it. I desire with you to have a reason to say it's yours because your other God been telling you you can't have it unless you do this and you can't have it unless you do that and you can't have it unless you do some introspection you can't have it unless you take some medicine you can't have it unless you sleep with them the rest of the world and God's tell you you cannot have this thing unless you sacrifice I've been waiting on that opportunity, says the Lord, for you to get into my household. And I just want to know what you want. Is your stomach growling? Are you thirsty? I know that's normally my drink. But if you want it, I desire to break the rule that you might have what is mine can be yours. Standing, those rules were for people that were not invited. People that snuck in came unannounced, people that intend to do wrong, people that overdo mercy and grace. I had to put limits on that. And you done had five. If I say I like it, why you gotta eat all of it? Where's your compassion? At least offer some to me. 
since it is mine. You're not going to give me none because you think you're the victim in everything? You've been fooled a minute ago. You've been satisfied several months ago, but you still think that everything I have has to be yours. This sense of entitlement has gone too far. See, the rules are for those who would be entitled. But for those that come in, I'm weary, I'm tired, I'll take a crumb, I'll eat from the pig slop, I'll crawl on my knees, I'll press. For that individual, just tell me what you want and I will give it to you because I desire to show you mercy. Standing. 